Testing one, two, three, here I go. Give me that microphone. Welcome to the Makeup Artist Chronicle, where we are demystifying the hype in the beauty industry and giving it to you real. I'm your host, Julia Lupin. Hello and welcome back to the Makeup Artist Chronicle. I am your host, Julia. Thank you so much for being here. And I'm so excited to be back on the mic with you all. Last week I had a guest, so I didn't do that much talking. But I hope that you found it entertaining. I hope you found it informative. I hope that if you are someone that is thinking of being either hair or makeup on a film set, that kind of set the tone for you of what it may take and what the expectations around that are. Megan is incredible. I know the sound quality, probably not the best. Maybe I'm just nitpicking. Maybe you didn't pick up on it. Um, We did it over Zoom. I'm not a sound engineer. I'm a makeup artist. All right. So this is, and this is a self-produced shindig here. So Thank you for being here. She had so many incredible, incredible nuggets of information. So I hope the sound quality did not deter you because there was some really incredible things that she talked about. And I'm so grateful that she came on the pod. If you enjoyed that, please let me know. Please let me know what other kind of guests you'd like for me to have or if you want me to just keep chatting with you solo because I can do that too. Today I'm talking about some big things happening in the beauty space. One is this trend of liquid chlorophyll, which I already talked about, or rather I already recorded myself talking about it for this podcast. And then I ultimately played it back to edit it. And I, instead of saying chlorophyll, said chloroform the whole time. Two very different things. And so I was saying, you know, like chlorophyll is good for you if you blah, blah, blah. And but I was saying chloroform is good for you. And then I was like, you know what, this is going to have to get cut. I'm going to have to come back here and re-talk about this because chloroform is not good for you. Let me just say that. And then after that, I want to talk about the new regulations in the Chinese beauty market because, you know, there are so many, so many rules that they have for importing beauty products for what kind of beauty products can be sold on mainland China. A lot of it is focused around animal testing. So I'm very interested to talk to you about these regulations and see how they could potentially affect the global beauty market. But before I get into any of that, I have to give you a little bit of an update. I can't believe I didn't talk about this. It was such an exciting, exciting part of my weekend about two weeks ago. And then I I dropped something on my Instagram. I popped a photo on there behind the scenes. And then I just never talked about it on the podcast. So I want to talk about it now. One of the big things that I always talk to you about, as you know, is networking. If you want to be in this space, you have to network. You have to find the people that have a similar vibe, have a similar um, aesthetic maybe, or just just people that you get along with, collaborate with that are in the space. When I was in New York, I worked with Richard Kissy, as I told you before. In LA, I worked with a few people. But when I came to San Francisco, I had to kind of start all over. It's actually very similar to what Megan was talking about, about how she 
went and worked and then she had to come back from New York to LA and rebuild her network and her jobs and everything because the industry keeps moving even if you're not there but you can't be afraid that you're going to miss stuff you got to just you got to just do the work and put yourself out there and it's tough it's not for the spineless but it's also not for the egomaniacs so if you have a genuine passion then it it won't be that hard for you trust me So then um, when I moved to San Francisco, I was reached out to by this photographer and she usually worked in Boston, but she was like, hey, I'm going to be coming to San Francisco. I want to do a shoot while I'm there. I have some models. I have a campaign. Can you do the makeup? So I was like, great, I'll take it. Showed up. We worked together. We collaborated really well. And since then, her and I have done a few different jobs together and A few of my recent editorial works that have been published in some magazines internationally, she was the photographer on. And so that's when, um, when I tell you, like, really find your network, really find the people that you can collaborate with and grow together. That's what I mean. And so um, I I think I need to echo what Megan was saying of like, if you're going to be in this industry, show up, be professional, um, work hard, collaborate, speak your mind, and, you know, be humble. So her and I have this really great relationship, working relationship, uh, the photographer and I, and she, when COVID hit, she was like, listen, I'm thinking of how we can do a series of portraits that are safe. They're socially distanced. You know, this was kind of the end of last year when we were all trying to figure out how to get back to work, how to get back on set. And so she was like, hey, do you want to be the artist and the model? And at first I was like, kind of terrified. Now, if you have listened to this pod for a while, you know I used to model. When I was a teenager, I hit my growth spurt very early and I got into modeling and it was just not a great environment. It was, I I did get an agent. The agent would call me and be like, can you lose 20 pounds in two weeks? Like, it was just not really a great environment, not a great culture. And I mean, it may be possible that this is, you know, you know what it is, it is kind of everyone's experience. The big models like the Gigi Hadids and and the people like that, that have a little more leverage in their careers, they're treated differently than the people who want to model and are starry eyed and are just getting started in the industry. That there is a lot of availability there to get conned, to get duped, to get manipulated. And so it was just not a healthy space for me. And ultimately, I stepped away from all of that to go back to school to go to college. And so for me, I, you know, having her ask me to be in front of the camera, I was like, oh, okay, all of those feelings started rising up of like, all of the rejection and all of the not being good enough and not being thin enough and not being this or that. And it, it, it all kind of bubbled up. And so the first time that we were scheduled to do this photo shoot, I actually was exposed, not entirely exposed to COVID. Like my husband was working with someone that someone tested positive for COVID. And so I was like, oh man, I think I, you know, got exposed to it. I had to wait for the test to come back. And so we couldn't do the photo shoot. We had to postpone it for a few months. And so then the day is creeping up and we're talking about like, outfits and looks and what we should do and logistics and all that. And I was like, okay, 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 okay. 
I love being behind the scenes at a photo shoot because it gives me an opportunity to sit with the model and really talk about how are you, check in with her, make her or him or them feel comfortable because I know what it's like to be in the chair and be made to feel uncomfortable or not enough of something. So I always check in with the models. I'm always like, how are you doing? What do you need? Are you good? All of the things. Now I am the model. So I'm working on myself. I'm doing the makeup on myself. We were doing this beautiful concept. And I was like, oh, man, I don't want a model. I mean, I do, but I don't. But I but I want to get back on set. You know what I mean? So I get there. I have, you know, some wardrobe. My makeup is kind of done. I do the rest on the spot. And I sit down. She starts taking my photo. And I was like, oh my goodness, so stressed out, so tense. And she was like, that thing that you do with your face that you do in selfies, don't do that. (laughs) And she was so sweet. She just gave me like really great direction. She was like, look here, look there. Oh, whatever you're doing, that's working. And it I realized that she gave me positive feedback about my posing when I was like straight up doing a bitch face. Like when I was looking at the camera and just being like, I fucking hate this. I don't want to be here. Like, fuck this. She's like, yes, serve, serve, serve. And so I was like, what is happening? Um, But ultimately, it ended up being a really fun experience. She made me feel super comfortable. And I think the shots that we got ended up being really beautiful. I haven't seen the full products just yet, um, but I did post a behind the scenes on my Instagram. So, you know, does this mean I want to get back into modeling? Maybe, quite honestly, maybe, because it was just such a fun experience. And I was like, oh, this is what it's like when there is safety on set and there is comfort and people want to make sure that everyone feels comfortable. And so I was like, I would be happy to do something like this if I could have the same bit of security and confidence. And I think also for me, or comfort. I think also for me, it's a confidence piece where before when I was younger, when I was a teenager, the photographer would say like, pose here and do this. And the agent would say, lose weight and do this. And I didn't have like the self-confidence and the self-esteem to push back and to stand up for myself. Whereas now I'm like, I know what, where my boundaries are of what I will do and what I won't do and what kind of behavior or what kind of attitudes I will deal with and what kind I won't. And calling people people out on that behavior and not being afraid of like what the consequences might be. So if you're someone that shows up on a set or you just see behavior that makes people uncomfortable, I encourage you to step in and say something because it's, I had so much like trauma just come up and then it was very easily assuaged by the comfort of the situation. And it's been a big, it's been a big few weeks. And My dear friend, Natalie Patton, who is a musician, she's this beautiful singer-songwriter. She has written some really incredible music for other musicians, and she has written her own music. She dropped a new song and a music video, and I'm in the music video. She did this concept where she is this, like, heartbreak counselor or, or like relationship counselor where, where people call her for advice on relationships. And um, it was a bunch of like video Zoom calls, very, very pandemic era music video. And I got to make my acting debut. And my acting debut was, you know, I'm on camera and I'm just crying. And if you don't know, I can cry on command. My dream is 
if I were to ever be an actress, I would want to be a comedic actress. I feel like I, I would rather make people giggle. But that does not take away from the fact that I can cry on command. And so I sent her this video and she was like, you know what? We're not going to use the audio. We're just going to use the visual. So it doesn't matter what you say. Just, you know, make make sure your face is expressionate. And so I started just sobbing and I'm sobbing and I'm crying and it's in the video and the audio with the actual sound, you can hear me saying like, I just don't understand how like, we haven't found proof of aliens, like extraterrestrials, like I know they're out there. And it was just my goal in sending her that video was specifically to obviously have it be usable in her in her music video but also I wanted her to get a really good giggle out of the fact that my face was saying like trauma and despair and heartbreak and my actual voice was saying like why have we not made contact with other life on other planets yet because I, this is something I need to know and it's I mean maybe deep down it does upset me enough to make me cry but Anyway, so that modeling debut or re-debut um, and then acting debut or re-debut, I guess I've been in. I've been in a few very mediocre high school things, theater and such, but my first music video appearance. Um, should I? Should I get an IMDb, you guys? Like, should I? I mean, I probably need one. No, I don't need one for makeup because I'm not on film sets like Megan is. But I mean, should I get one as an actress? Let me know. DM me and let me know. Let me know because I'm... And check out the video also. Natalie Patton. The video is called Cool. The music is called... The song is called Cool. And if you want to know a little bit more about Natalie, check out... I actually interviewed her for The Peony, the other podcast that I host. And she was, I think, episode three or four. So check it out. She's a beautiful, beautiful presence. And I was just so happy and honored to make that appearance in her music video. So that's what's been going on in my life, y'all. And besides the fact that my roots, my dark roots are like two inches long. I did some press on nails. I don't know who I am anymore in terms of that, but um, we'll, we'll find our way back. It's been, it's been a heavy week for the PMS. I've just been crying and sobbing and watching The Nanny. And then I watched Bridget Jones's Diary last night. So that's just to tell you where my baseline is, just so you know what we're working with today. But should we get into some beauty news? Let's get into some beauty news. Let's talk about the liquid chlorophyll trend. Okay, well, I'm obviously not going to be a singer unless someone wants to give me lessons. Are any of my listeners singers or instructors? I mean, I know I just said Natalie is, but I don't know if she's an instructor. Is anyone a, a, a singing instructor and wants to help a girl out? Because that's always been my dream to be able to carry a tune. But let's talk about chlor chlorophyll. I have to be very careful to not call it chloroform yet again or else goodbye to the whole segment. But let's talk about chlorophyll. At its basic, most basic level, chlorophyll is found in plants and it ultimately helps in photosynthesis. So it helps to absorb light into the plant and then transform that light into sugar and um, carbon dioxide. So ultimately just turns it into energy for the plant so that it can grow, it can process, purify the air, all of the things. So what does it do when you absorb it into your body? Because now there is this trend, I don't know if it originated on TikTok or elsewhere, but it's been around for a while. Whole Foods has been selling liquid chlorophyll forever. So what does it do when you ingest it into your body? It does the same thing, it converts 
to energy. So one, you're going to see a huge boost in your energy. Um, and then also, did I say chlorophyll or chloroform? Now I'm losing it again. Anyway, chlorophyll, when you absorb it, it will help with blood detox. It'll help with wound healing, gut health, energy, immune system support. I mean, obviously, I don't know if these things are like clinically founded. Like, I don't know if the experiments were done. These are the claims that are made. Um, Okay, I'm back. I just paused to do some digging, some research deeply into um, some clinical trials. And there have been clinical trials that have shown the health effects of liquid chlorophyll in your diet if you ingest it. So if you add it to your water, drink it once a day, it does give you more energy. It does help detox the body. It does help overall um, kind of, there was a study that said that it showed benefits as an antioxidant, potentially um, delaying or preventing the onset of certain cancers, or rather it kind of detoxed carcinogen levels and carcinogen exposure. And so this is something that is very, very healthy. It is um, very potent, but now we're seeing this as like beauty, right? So how does liquid chlorophyll affect your beauty? Ultimately, the detox helps with your skin, you start flushing toxins more out of your body. So what happens is chlorophyll is full of vitamins A, C, E, and K. It has a lot of beautiful um, antioxidants, like I was saying, and it has been shown the ability to increase collagen production. So ultimately, it's been an ingredient in skincare for a very, very long time, but um now we're seeing it being liquid chlorophyll being put in water. And so, yeah, I mean, you know how I feel about ingestibles, right? Like if you ingest something, will it necessarily give you results quickly? Probably not. Liquid chlorophyll might. Some people are saying that it's really helpful to boost their energy, get them off of coffee, get their skin a little better, uh, like clear their breakouts, improve elasticity, give them a glow. I, will I be trying it? Yes, I ordered liquid chlorophyll as soon as I sat down to talk about it. And as soon as I sat down to research this, heed my warning that ingestibles oftentimes are not the best way to go because they're not going to give you the results that you may be looking for in terms of they're not absorbed entirely. They're broken down in your system and once they hit your stomach. So it may be different with liquid chlorophyll. I don't know. Maybe I'll do a chlorophyll water challenge where I'll like just drink it every day for, I don't know, a week, two weeks and kind of chronicle the differences. Let me know if that's something you're interested in seeing and I'm more than happy to do it. But yeah, ingestibles, do they work? Um, maybe, maybe not. I feel like rate of absorption is probably going to be different for different people. Does that stop me? No. I have a supplement for my hair, my skin, and my nails. I have a supplement for my stress levels. I have a supplement for my joints. I have a supplement of omegas that I take to improve brain function and, and all of that. And I have I hate apple cider vinegar. I hate apple cider vinegar so, so, so much. I hate the smell of it. I can't down it. So I have a supplement that I take that's an apple cider vinegar supplement so that I don't have to just do a shot of it straight up. Um, I have a prenatal vitamin that I take. Am I pregnant? No, but I have had so many friends that are pregnant that are like, I'm still taking my prenatal vitamin and my son's 
three years old because it just really helps with hair and skin and nails. And just as a woman, your um, vitamin and mineral levels, keeping them at a really great level. So do I believe that ingestibles can be a, a be all end all cure to all the things that you need? No. Do I still take them? Yes. Are mine all in gummy form? Absolutely, because I am a giant child. Is my apple cider vinegar supplement really cleansing out my body and my system when it's in gummy form? I don't know. Do I still take it? Absolutely. So I'm gonna try the I'm gonna try the liquid chlorophyll. Maybe I don't know. Does it come in a gummy? I feel like it it should come in a gummy, but if not, I I, I might get um. Or I am getting it. I got it on Amazon. So hopefully that's legit. Who knows what else? But, you know, don't put it on your skin. That's the other thing that I learned. I was watching all these TikToks and someone put it on their skin and it like stained their skin a little while because it's this deep, dark green color. Chlorophyll has been used as an ingredient in so many different skincare um, products already. You don't need to put the legit liquid straight up dark green chlorophyll on your skin, you can just buy it already in a pre-made. So Naturopathica has a chlorophyll and salicylic acid spot treatment, which is really great for acne. Cococind, it has a chlorophyll mask and a detox chlorophyll tonic. So I don't know if that, I know Cococind is sold at Target. I don't know if they have those specific items there, but they're available online because it's 2021 and everything is available online. But the ingredient that they have that they use in their in their products um, ultimately has been shown to reduce the appearance of redness. So if you have, you know, if your skin gets red, if it gets flared up, if it gets irritated, breakouts, um, blotchiness. So if you're someone that struggles with that pore size, again, reduce the appearance of pore size, not necessarily shrink your pores because pores can't change size. I mean, well, they can get bigger. They can't get smaller, unfortunately. But what the chlorophyll does is essentially detox out those pores, especially if you're going to do the chlorophyll and salicylic acid spot treatment from Naturopathica. That is going to clean up those pores, make them real nice, reduce the appearance of their size, and give your skin a beautiful, beautiful glow and and just cleanliness. I need a facial so bad. My pores are next level clogged and I've been having breakouts nonstop, but I'm still too paranoid about the pandemic to go to a facialist. Have y'all gotten a facial since the start of the pandemic? Have you been to a spa? Have you gotten a massage? What is it like out there? What is happening? Tell me your experience. And also, if you've tried liquid chlorophyll or if you've tried any one of those topical products, let me know your thoughts because I am dying to know what is going to happen. Again, I will try it. I already don't drink coffee. I have switched to matcha only. I don't I don't know what drinking liquid chlorophyll will do for me. But uh, if you think that I'm not going to put it on my stories on Instagram and chronicle the whole thing and just go completely off the walls. You are very wrong. Check me out on Instagram at M-U-A Chronicle, M-U-A-C-H-R-O-N-I-C-L-E.
that's me. Um, but I'm so excited to kind of figure out what it's going to do and what's going to happen. I mean, these TikTok trends, like I said, uh, TikTok, I, I dropped so much money on a bunch of makeup from TikTok just to try it. I'll do a video for you. But, you know, those trends are, they're wild, man. They're wild and they're great and they're amazing. Um, go back and listen to an episode that I did on TikTok trends if you haven't already, because it's, you know, that's, that is the next frontier of beauty, truly. Also, if at any point in this, in this part of the episode, I said chloroform, I'm sorry, please, please know that when I say chloroform, I mean chlorophyll. Do not ingest chloroform. Do not go anywhere near chloroform. Please don't use it. I don't even know what the purpose of it is outside of a medical setting. Please chlorophyll, 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 chlorophyll. With that being said, should we move on to the next topic? The next topic I want to talk about is the government, the Chinese government regulations around beauty. So the biggest piece of news to come out of the Chinese beauty market is that they are now not doing animal testing on imported products anymore. So for anyone that needs context, before a, a brand would be able to say like, we don't test on animals, we're cruelty free. But they, if they sold in mainland China, the Chinese government themselves had to subject their, um, that company's products to animal testing. It was just the government rule. And it's such a huge market. The Chinese beauty market makes up about 16% in sales of the entire beauty market. So if there is a ripple there, then it affects the greater kind of global economy of the beauty industry. And so what a company would have to do is they could claim to be gluten-free. I mean, it or cruelty-free, sorry. But, um, you know, those organizations like the Leaping Bunny and, and organizations of the such that basically go through and make sure that a company is truly cruelty-free, they don't allow companies that sell in mainland China to receive their certification because you may be cruelty-free in the States, but you're still perpetuating this by importing into that market. And so a lot of brands were kind of stuck. They were like, okay, well, I have high morals and I want to be able to give you cruelty-free products, but also there's this huge market of, of consumers that I want to be selling to. And so it was a catch-21, especially for bigger companies like Mac, like Estee Lauder, all of that stuff, right? So... Now, the fact that the Chinese government is essentially lifting these regulations, it's a huge step forward in the global market of cruelty-free cosmetics. And I think a lot of it is because we have seen this demand globally of people who are more aware of what they're buying, where it comes from, what it's made of, who it's tested on, what it's going to do to them. Um, consumers are becoming way more vocal and educated about what they're buying and what they want to put their money to. So this is very, very huge. Now, it is effective May 1st of this year, so it has come into effect, but there is a caveat. So this applies only to general cosmetics or general beauty. What that means is it's essentially, you know, most makeup It'll apply to um, also things like shampoos, conditioners, things like that are general, quote unquote. And so they can be imported and they don't have to be animal tested. However, 
any of the quote special products, so like hair dyes, um, any skincare that is anti-aging, brightening, sunscreen, any any products that claim to affect the skin or the hair or anything like that, those are special. So those do not fall under this umbrella of animal testing. There is still a requirement to test those products on animals if you're selling in mainland China. So if you're if you're a Mac and you're selling a lipstick, that's totally fine. You can sell that. You it'll fall under the general category. It'll be excluded from the mandatory animal testing. But if you are sell if you're again to go with Mac, say you're Mac and you're selling your vitamin C serum and your vitamin C serum claims to brighten the skin, then that is going to fall under special use and that is going to still have to go through the mandatory animal testing. So there are some caveats. And then once you get into like the, the nitty gritty of it, there is extra paperwork to file. There is some evidence like you have to establish that you have a base in China. There are a bunch of hoops to jump through, but this is a step in the right direction. I think cruelty-free is really, really important. It's something that a lot of people are demanding and have been continuously and increasingly demanding in their beauty products. And I think this is a really big step in, in the right direction. The other thing about it is the Chinese government also have two They just approved two new non-animal methods to test these beauty products. So that means that maybe in the next few years, they will lift all mandatory animal testing on all products. The Chinese market is, the, the government is obviously very, very, very specific in controlling what their citizens use and what they buy and where they put their money. And so this is a step in the right direction, but it there's still a lot of oversight that they're holding themselves responsible for. And so in the next few years, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully this will, um, you know, the mandatory animal testing will be abolished completely. We shall see. China's been a little bit slower on the uptake than a lot of other countries in the world in this regard. Um, But they're very strict. They're very strict there. They're also, there was just another thing passed where radio frequency devices. So the device, they're like Silken. Silken makes a radio frequency device that you can use at home. And what radio frequency does is it ultimately just creates some heat in the deeper layers of the skin to really promote collagen production. It's said to be very good for stretch marks, very good for sagging skin. Um, And ultimately, before it was something that you had to do at a dermatology office, but now there are all these portable versions. But China is saying that these portable versions are still going to fall under the regulations of medical devices. So very strict there, but the cruelty-free, the the lifting of, of mandatory animal testing on at least a huge subset of products, especially cos- like be- makeup, essentially, um, is really, really big. It's a huge step in the right direction, and I'm excited to see them continuing to move in that direction. However, here's uh, another thing coming out of the Chinese market that I am not that excited about. They are, or they recently banned CBD or any cannabis derivatives in any of their skincare. This feels so backward. Number one, in 1985, just to throw a little bit, a little bit of facts, I know we're trying to keep it light, we're trying to giggle, but 
to throw a little bit of facts your way. So in 1985, China essentially said that marijuana was the most dangerous drug, the most potent drug, outlawed it, banned it, even though they're a country that probably grows the most of it. <laughs> like they grow a lot. And now in 2021, they're saying CBD and anything cannabis related cannot go into skincare. It's banned. It's it's a big no-no. And it feels to me like this is a step backward because what we're seeing in a lot of other countries is CBD being a little bit it's being, it's because it's a hot new product. It's the hot new ingredient. It's in demand. I use a CBD serum in my night routine. I love it. I'm obsessed with it. It's really soothed my skin and helped with my breakouts. And so as we're seeing in America, the global conversation of, you know, marijuana being legalized in certain places, which CBD is very different. It does not have like the psychoactive effect. You don't get high. You literally just, it, it's it's soothing. It's a plant-based ingredient that really soothes and mellows and is gentle on the skin. Like I said, it's really helped me with my acne and to balance, balance my skin because I have combination skin. And it's really helped to bring some of the oil down and um, bring some of the hydration into the drier areas. So I love it. And as we're having these conversations in America and in a few other countries in the world of having CBD in skincare, China's doing the opposite. China's like, no, 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 no. I think there's there's a missing opportunity here. Honestly, CBD in um in beauty ingredients or or beauty products, it's only going to grow in demand. I don't think this is a fleeting trend. I think this is something that maybe won't be at its peak for much longer. Maybe it'll plateau at some point, but this is not something that's going to go away. This is something that a lot of people have seen really great results from, and so they're going to want to continue to shop products with CBD in them. And as we, you know, my my feelings on the regulation and when it comes to beauty and and makeup, skincare, that kind of stuff, we don't have enough regulation. We don't have enough oversight to really um, guarantee the quality of ingredients, to guarantee the claims that are being made, to truly give you the research and 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 the facts on what is a paraben, what is a phthalate, what does it do, what does it mean when it's not on there, um, if it. If a product tells you it's going to brighten your skin, what does that mean? So just there needs to be more regulation of of what the quality of ingredients that are being used, the claims that are being made, the labels that are being made, and uh, uh, more transparency to us average consumers of what we're buying when it comes to our skincare and our beauty. I think that that is going to be coming. I think as more people are becoming educated of what is in their skincare, what they're putting on their bodies, what they're putting in their bodies, there will be more of an outcry of regulation or at least transparency around what ingredients there are and what they do. And so I think that includes CBD. CBD is going to become a little bit more regulated just in terms of using the purest type of CBD or using CBD that's extracted from plants that are grown in really um, maybe organic environments or or healthy environments, non-GMO environments, things like that. I think this is CBD is something that's going to stick around. It's something that's going to just continue to gain momentum. It's going to be something that people will have at least one CBD product in their cabinets in the next 20 years and it'll just be in constant rotation. 
So I think China's really missing out on this. I think I think they're missing out on on a really really big market, and I think that ultimately this is going to be a deterrent. I mean, when I worked the counter at Bloomingdale's, there were so many people that came from China that they were like, "Oh, you sell this here. We don't have it in China. I need to stock up," and they would drop fat money to get these products or get these ingredients or get these, you know, whatever it was that were not available in their country. And they would drop bank and they would, I don't know how they got it back into their country. I don't know if their customs was lenient or what happened, but like, that's what's going to happen if you ban CBD. There will be people that just come and and get the CBD elsewhere. They're going to come to America and buy it. They're going to go to Europe and buy it. And so I think it's, it's, a little bit of an oversight. So it's kind of like the Chinese beauty market and the regulations around it, like took a step forward with the cruelty-free and then took a step back with the CBD. Forward, cruelty-free, back, CBD. You feel me? Wow. Did I just make up a song? Can someone, can someone sample that and take it and put it over some fat beats and just like really make it my new theme song? I really would appreciate it. So currently looking for a singing coach, a sound engineer, and a, a music producer. Um, let me know if that's, if that's you. Also DM me and let me know what you think. Do you like CBD in your, in your skincare or your beauty products? Do you, have you not tried it yet? What questions do you have? What makes you nervous? What makes you happy about CBD? Um, and then also, you know, this cruelty-free semi-ban or semi-lift of the mandatory um, animal testing that's happening in China. What are your thoughts on that? Do you, when you shop for a product, do you specifically look that it's cruelty-free? Do you specifically look that it's vegan? What do you want to see in your beauty products? So go ahead and DM me at MUA Chronicle, M-U-A-C-H-R-O-N-I-C-L-E. Now, before I wrap up this episode, I have been loving the something that we've been doing on the Peony is we will give you a reco of the week. And essentially Lex and I will talk about something that we're loving. It could be since it's a pop culture or an arts and culture podcast, we oftentimes talk about a film or TV or a book or a podcast, something that we're loving that week. And I thought, wouldn't it be great to do something like that here? Have it be beauty related and do my reco of the week. So last week I gave you Izzy, which I will, I keep saying I'm going to post videos and then it just, I have to sit down and just do all the things. But I, um, I did the product shout out last week for Izzy, which is a carbon neutral, refillable stainless steel mascara. It is incredible. I have it. I will do a demo. It'll go on my Instagram. I promise you. Um, it'll also go on my YouTube. It'll go on all the things. So I thought it might be cool to just have this be a regular segment where I wrap up and tell you about a product this week that I'm loving that I think is really awesome. And this week for me, it is, I'm staying with this theme of carbon neutral and of environmentally friendly of, um, because, you know, ever since I, we did the environmentalism episode on the peony, it's really reframed how I think about the things that I consume and the things that I use, especially as a makeup artist where, a makeup artist and a content creator where I have so much product. I have so much product. And what happens to the uh, the containers, the tubes, the jars, all of it. What happens to it when I finish that product? Or what happens to all the lipstick tubes when I 
depot into a palette. And so I've been thinking a little bit more about my carbon footprint as an artist. Um, I've also been thinking more of, you know, the ingredients as an artist of what I'm doing, what I'm using, um, and what I'm consuming. So this week's product, I'm so excited to shout out. Oh, and really quickly, this is not an ad. This is not a sponsorship. This is nothing like that. You know, I don't do that here. All of my support comes from you all on my Patreon, which I don't think I have any patrons. So check that out. Um, but I think it's patreon.com slash M-U-A-C podcast. So check that out. Contribute a dollar or two if you can. No big deal. I really appreciate it. But this is not an ad. This is just me telling you a product that I discovered that I love that I think is really great and I would highly recommend for you if it's something you're looking for. So my reco of the week is Calm Cleansing Capsules from Booney Dune. B-O-O-N-I-D-O-O-N. And ultimately what you get is this jar and inside are these capsules that are filled with powder. What you essentially do is you take a capsule, you mix it with water, and it creates this very gentle cleanser that's just amazing. It's completely plant-based. It's vegan. It's cruelty-free. It has a um, like zero carbon footprint. It's carbon neutral because the packaging is entirely biodegradable or recycled. Like the glass is recyclable. The bamboo lid is compostable. The capsules, the actual vegetable kind of wrapping that it comes in completely dissolves in water. And then you have this powder that turns into a foam that you can use to get this beautiful cleanse that won't strip your skin. It's really great. It's tested by dermatologists and it is handcrafted in the U.S. using all natural ingredients. It's great for travel. It's great if you just want to have a lower carbon footprint. If you're someone that's tuned into the environment and want to, you know, because because the beauty industry is such a huge industry and we get so many new product drops and so many the amount of lipsticks or eyeshadow palettes that we all have are ridiculous. And then those things go into a landfill. And so the fact that you can get this cleanser, it's easy to travel with or not. And it the way that it's made is thoughtful. The way that it's constructed is thoughtful. And also the product itself is amazing. So it's just, I think, six or seven very simple ingredients. You get um, oats. So like ground up oats, which are really, really great to soothe the skin. You get arrowroot powder, which is a great, very gentle exfoliator that you can use every day. You get lavender powder, which is gives it this very nice botanical scent. It's calming to the skin. If you wash your skin before bed with these capsules, you will have some mellow, mellow dreams, I'm telling you. Um, and then there is this other ingredient called remnolipids, which is this vegetable oil that is safe for your skin. It's safe for the environment, but it gives this emollience. It gives this like very nice creaminess to the product when the water hits it. And then there's butterfly pea flower um, powder as well, which includes a ton of antioxidants, polyphenols, which are also, polyphenols are an amazing, amazing ingredient that helps fight free radicals and damage that your skin may undergo if you're exposed to UV rays, pollution, literally anything you get from stepping outside into the world. 
And um, there are also polyphenols are also found in green tea, but they use butterfly pea flower powder here. And it just gives you this glow. It gives you this amazing protection. It helps with improving damage over time. Um, dragon fruit powder. These are the ingredients. And ultimately, like I said, it's a clean formula. It's all natural ingredients made in the U.S. You can recycle the glass jar or reuse it. You can put like cotton pads in it, use that for storage. Um, the bamboo lid is compostable and then the capsules dissolve in water. It is an amazing product. The quality of the product is amazing. The ingredients are amazing. And the fact that you're not, it's not going to end up in a landfill and you are really helping not only your skin, but the environment, I think is super, super cool. So 35 capsules come in one jar. One jar costs costs $38. Um, ultimately, I don't know what you're spending, but I think it's worth it. I think it's really, really great. And again, as COVID, as the pandemic kind of hopefully winds down, as we're seeing things begin to reopen, as we're seeing travel begin to kind of expand and reopen. This is going to be really great for you to travel with. And and this is just going to be something really great that you can add into your rotation, into your skincare routine. So I think it's super cool. Head to muachronicle.com, M-U-A-C-H-R-O-N-I-C-L-E.com to view the attributed show notes, the post that I'm going to put on my blog. And I'm going to have a link there for you so you can shop Booney Dune and you can shop this amazing calm cleansing capsules. Check that out. That is my reco of the week. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you so much for coming, for listening, for downloading, rating, giving five stars. You guys are the best and I appreciate you so much. I hope you liked today's episode. Go ahead and DM me at MUA Chronicle on all the socials to let me know what kind of episodes and what kind of content you'd like to see in the future, here in the future. And I will talk to you next week. All right. I love y'all. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Please subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. And tell your friends about the Makeup Artist Chronicle too. You can always get more content on Instagram at MUA Chronicle, so don't forget to follow me there. And while you're following the Chronicle on social and on Spotify, also be sure to check out Lady Bree, who sings our theme song, Microphone. Throw some follows her way. Talk to you soon. Give me that microphone.